What's up, everyone? It is Super Bowl Sunday, the big game, the granddaddy of them all, whatever the hell you want to call it. It is the Sunday of all Sundays to start your 2023. And if you are watching this and listening to this, you are in the right place because you are starting your big game coverage off with the Iceman and Coach Sports Show. This is a Matty Ice Media Network production, the big game pre-show bedlam. We're going to have three hours of content for you, three hours, three shows, but one network. And we're going to start it off with me, Matty Ice, and the Iceman, excuse me, me, Matty Ice, and the coach, Brad Powell. Brad, welcome to the big game show, my man. We are here, we are live, and we are ready to entertain. Iceman, glad to be here, man. Super Bowl Sunday. We've been talking about this for a while. Been a lot of buildup and excitement, which is fun. And I tell you what, this might be the biggest day in sports of uh, of American sports of the year, I would say. Uh, baseball might be America's pastime, but football is definitely America's game right now. And I could not be more excited to celebrate the wonderful game of football on this fine Super Bowl Sunday. I could not agree more, my man. It is the day where billions of people literally put aside their hatred for football and go to a party, watch the game, because it's just the ultimate event. There is so much hype around it. There are so many things to look forward to. And even for casual fans or non-sports fans, they can go to a party, fraternize with their friends, the halftime show, the commercials. They've actually done a great job over the years of making it so that it is really an all-encompassing event. And I can't really hate on the NFL for that. No, not at all. They've done it right. Just the production that goes into it. And I think there's something for everyone in Super Bowl Sunday, because even if you are not a football fan, you can find something about it. Like you mentioned, whether it's the commercials or the halftime entertainment, whatever the case, there's something for you. And that's genius on the NFL's part. I agree. And we want to welcome everybody that is watching this particular broadcast. As you know, if you've ever watched a live show, I don't do live shows too often. I feel like they're a special event. And what better event than the Super Bowl? And we're sitting here with the Eagles and Chiefs about ready to do battle to figure out who is going to be the champion of the NFL. It's a long, long season. And there are a lot of moments that get us there. And while there are a lot of things to break down in getting into this game, We here at Iceman and Coach are not going to break down the game except for Coach's Pick of the Week a little bit later. We're going to celebrate the game of football. We have a few really fun things for you. And I think when you talk about celebrating the game, Coach, movies and television have done a lot of that, don't you think? Oh, 100%. There's so many great movies and TV series and TV shows that have been out there uh, surrounded around the game of football that have gone down every avenue, whether it's a movie that is based on a, a real life story or it's a fictional movie there's always different lessons to be learned that you can take from those things and who doesn't love a good sports story at the end of the day i can't disagree with you and there has been a lot and i want to say a shout out to the gray's taproom podcast who are watching this right now and their comment thanks guys for showing up and if you're listening to this make sure to support them so brad what do you think Maybe to celebrate all of the movies that celebrate football, what do you think we have a little bit of a draft, my man? Make a little bit of a lineup for each of us to show, or I guess showcase a little bit of all the characters that have been out there for football. What do you think, man? I think that's a wonderful idea. And the one thing I feel like we can guarantee about this draft is it's going to be more entertaining than the Pro Bowl, 1,000%. I could not agree with you more, although your idea of paying $20 to tackle Derrick Henry or block J.J. Watt might be a little bit more entertaining, at least for us to watch. And I think you even said you'd pay $100 to watch that $20 try to tackle the guy. That's where the money's to be made in that gimmick. 
because if hey whatever you you'd almost let someone come out for free and try to do those things and i'm sure people would pay a little bit to try to do it but the real value is in charging people to watch this occur i think you could fill a small stadium i think you could get 10,000 people to pay 100 bucks to watch this happen if you had a whole lineup like a, almost like a fight card um of random joes uh going up against uh, the stars of the nfl Really not a bad idea. And maybe the next business venture for the Matty Ice Media Network. Okay, so a draft, generally speaking, at least if you're thinking about fantasy football, we be like a snake draft. A little bit of a shout out to our man, Ryan Leskis. But we're going to do things a little bit differently. We are going to draft five positions and one coach to round out our little team because there's no way that we could draft an entire team. So, Coach, we're going to start with quarterback and run down the list of running back, wide receiver, offensive lineman, a defensive player, and ultimately the coach to anchor that squad. And I would like you to go first. Well, Iceman, you are going to realize there's going to be a trend to my team. And it's a trend that kind of has resounded through uh, this show when we talk about the the toughness of the AFC North and that true grit that we're looking for. So I'm going to start out, as you said, with the quarterback position. First overall, I'm taking the undersized yet spirited Mike Winchell from the Permian Panthers in Friday Night Lights, the movie, I, could, I couldn't think of a tougher guy to lead my team. So I'm taking Mike. All right. I like it. Now, I will say that I prefer Friday Night Lights, the show, over Friday Night Lights, the movie. But That's fair. There you go. And, and there, there's criticisms to be had for both. I mean, you could probably criticize every TV or movie that's out there. But I do like that pick. And I had a feeling when you said I'm going to have a theme to my team, at rhymes. I figured you were going to go with that AFC North grit, man, because that's what you're all about. So I think that's a really solid pick. Now, for my quarterback, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. It anchors the team. It is the leader of the team. And sometimes you have guys with a lot of talent, and sometimes you have guys who never live up to their potential but get a second chance. And I am all about guys who get a second chance. And as my man Cleve would say, love a guy who helps himself. So for my first pick, I am going for Shane Falco from The Replacements. The true underdog story, The Replacements. Good old Shane Falco. Uh, That's a great movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I kind of forget about it once in a while. I think it's a little undervalued in the football movie market. You're not wrong. I mean, Gene Hackman, I think you even had a Jon Favreau sighting in that movie. You had Keanu Reeves. There's a lot of guys. I like that movie because it kind of speaks to the idea of these strikes and all that and how there are players on both sides that are affected by this. And there are a lot of guys who get chances, especially if they bring in replacement players, which they did in baseball a while back. And it's nice to see a guy get a second chance and make the most of that second chance. And so Shane Falco was always very near and dear to my heart, living on a houseboat, for God's sakes. And all the people that talk about how they bet on him during that Sugar Bowl and living with that pain and trauma, but he got a second chance and he got his team to the playoffs. Yeah, he absolutely did. And there's so many, um, there's some good characters in that movie that oh, you yeah. mentioned. Uh, John Favreau's character, whose name I can't think about at the moment, mm-hmm. he is, I think he's a linebacker, and the coach says, you know, hey, give me the ball. And he's oh, out yeah. there, give me the ball, give me the ball, going on nuts. <laughs> and then they have the deaf tight end, you know, and mm-hmm. then the kicker, Nigel Gruff, with smoking a cigarette, he's out there lining one up, you know, I mean, just so many good characters. Maybe that's what we need is more football players smoking heaters out there. I don't know. What do you think? I think it'd be good for the game, honestly. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of good for the game, running back position, a position that in today's NFL has been somewhat devalued, but is not devalued in movies. There are a lot to pick from. So, Coach, 
Who is the running back that is anchoring your backfield? This this is a deep, deep uh, position, as you mentioned. And I, I got a couple here on my list. And but I can't pass up the opportunity to take this individual. He does embody the toughness that we're looking for on the coach's team. And he enjoys a nice cold beverage just as much as the next guy. And you know me, line him up. Let's knock him down. I'd, I would love nothing more than celebrate this victory after uh, with my buddy, my tough friend, Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins, I'm taking him from Friday Night Lights, the TV show, to be my running back. I'm sure all the ladies out there who are familiar with Tim Riggins are very, very happy to see him and his nine pack underneath that jersey. But man, what a guy, what a polarizing guy, too. It seemed like everything in Dylan gravitated toward him. And sometimes he couldn't get out of his own way, but fundamentally a decent guy, I would say. He's trying. Yeah, definitely the epicenter of, of Dylan yeah. and the Dylan Panthers uh, football situation, no doubt. No doubt. So my running back pick isn't all that dissimilar in terms of what makes the makeup of this particular person. But I had to go back into the archives. I would say it's actually a very, very nuanced pick, something you had to go way into the deep cuts to find. But the running back that I'm choosing is Polk High's Al Bundy. Iceman, I have to tell you, you're never going to believe this, or maybe you will, but he was number two on my list. If, uh, if Tim Riggins had not been on the board, Al Bundy was going to be my choice with the four touchdowns against Andrew Johnson high in the 1966 city championship. How do you pass that up? And he's got the toughness to fit on coach's team any day, but I just couldn't, you couldn't leave the number one guy out there. So I had to take Riggins. I couldn't agree more. What a show that's completely undervalued and forgotten today. Like Ed O'Neill is known now, I think for modern family, but you go way back and that show was a little bit ahead of the time. And uh, you know, sometimes when you go back in the archives, you see some uncomfortable things and shows and jokes and tropes and stuff like that. And I understand that, but for the most part, I feel like he nailed that and definitely embodies the every man. I mean, didn't he sell shoes? Yeah, I was when I was kind of doing some research for this, the little biography about Al Bundy and his football prowess ended with, you know, suffered a, a knee injury that prevented him from going on to play college football and pursued a career in selling women's shoes and living with his family that he mostly despised. Peggy, who ended up being the uh, mom of the Sons of Anarchy, right? So she went from yeah. where she was. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories about how she got there and how that experience with him turned her into that. But I don't know. I was very, very happy. I thought you were going to take him. So I had to have a second pick on deck because I thought there's no way he's not going to take Al Bundy. But you didn't. So Polk High is coming to me and I couldn't be more excited. Now, moving on to wide receiver, which is a position that is very valued in today's NFL. However, in movies and television, not a lot to choose from. So I think this might be the position where you and I butt heads a little bit in terms of not being able to take a lot of guys. We might be taking some of the same guys. So coach, why don't you let me know who your quarterback is going to be throwing to? So my quarterback is going to be an integral part of my team. He's going to need to hold this team together because you're going to, you're going to find out as we go through this, I'm going to have a team that we're going to have a hard time keeping out of jail. We've already got Riggins on the roster and to add to the culture of this team, the coaches team, we are taking Charlie Tweeter, wide receiver from Varsity Blues, steals a cop car with a couple chicks, catches the ball in the big game to score. Give me Tweeter. You know, he's getting laid after that game. Any guy who catches the the ball, the game winning ball in the big game is definitely going to get laid after the game. So you've got the all jail team and the all laid team, it seems. Yeah, there's a lot of sex being had on coaches team. No doubt about that. 
I can't really argue with that as somebody who was not on the football team and was never that popular to be on the all-sex team in high school. You know, if I was going to draft a team like that, I wouldn't have any issue with the guys that you have picked. So really, really solid pick and maybe a little bit of jealousy on my part. All right, wide receiver for me. So that means that both of my picks are actually on the board and I'm very, very excited. And when I look at these two guys, they are completely different guys in their makeup. But as you said, looking at the guys that I've picked already, we have an underdog and we have Al Bundy. So I've got to pick a guy that embodies all of that and is going to will these guys and sometimes maybe a little bit of tough love to get there. And I'm picking Deacon Moss from the Longest Yard remake in 2005 played by Michael Irvin. That's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. I totally uh, honestly forgot about that character, to be honest with you. going to Moss guys all fucking day. It's going to be amazing. I wonder if there was something to that, you know, maybe is that some sort of a weird tribute to Randy Moss? You know, Michael Irvin's playing the character, last name Moss, or maybe it's just a, a random name. Who knows? I don't know, but I don't know if you know my feelings. There's Jerry Rice, there's Randy Moss, and we can start the rest of the conversation on greatest wide receivers of all time after those two. I agree. All right. I like it. So our teams are definitely showing a lot of grit here. Now, I will say for wide receiver, the guy that I thought was going to be taken by either of us because he's probably the most popular wide receiver in movies and television was Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire, which is a great character, don't get me wrong. But I think when you have Shane Falco and Al Bundy, the show me the money guy, probably not going to fit in on that squad. So I had to take a guy who's actually been to jail and is going to be just a beast out there. Yeah, I mean, after seeing how Riggins handled his relationship with Smash Williams, uh, who's a similar type of character to yeah. Rod Tidwell. I didn't think it would be good for team chemistry to bring Rod on board, which is why we went with Tweeter. I like it. So all these guys are going to score a lot of points. They're going to get a lot of yards. But in order to do that, you need an offensive line that's going to be able to protect your quarterback to get the ball to all of these position players. And while we're not going to pick an entire offensive line, we're going to pick one offensive lineman to anchor that staff. So coach, why don't you let me know which offensive lineman is going to anchor your line. Iceman, I'm actually going to go to my second choice here because I feel like he's a better fit. My first choice feels a little dangerous. He may be a liability in certain ways, especially in regards to his health. So I'm going to take my second choice I have. Right tackle for the T.C. Williams Titans, Louis Elastic, not only known for his play on the field, but for his Motown singing ability in the locker room, Louis Elastic it is. It's my backup pick, by the way. Love myself some Louis Elastic. And by the way, it is no longer T.C. Williams. It is now the Alexandria City High School, as I found out, because my son takes swim lessons over there. So that long history. Uh, apparently, T.C. Williams, there's a lot of problematic stuff in his background and all that, so they've changed it. But in the movie, he does play for T.C. Williams way, way, way back in the day. I loved me some Louis Elastic because I thought that he was the glue guy. Definitely the kind of guy that tries to get along with everybody and I think was very, very successful. That was my backup pick. And just listening to you talk about your your first pick makes me think that that's also my first pick in terms of health concerns, maybe a little bit dangerous, but sometimes you need a guy who's going to sit on the back of a pickup truck with a shotgun, drunk, and getting his, I guess, his sadness out that way with his quarterback, Mox, sitting right there. So my offensive lineman is going to be Billy Bob from Varsity Blues. You would be correct. Billy Bob was the number one uh, pick that I had, but 
I felt like there was already too much. There's too much volatility here on this roster right now. And I, I don't know if we could, we could add Billy Bob to the mix. I, I, I needed the glue guy. Like you mentioned, Louis elastic, hold it all together. And here's the thing. Billy Bob is going to get along with a lot of these other guys. And Shane Falco is 100% going to keep him in line. Make sure he sees the eye on the prize. Make sure he feels real good about himself. Cause that's the kind of leader that Shane Falco is. And I just think that, yeah, Billy Bob might be a liability, maybe some off the field concerns if Mel Kuyper was going through this. But honestly, I think that right here is where you add him to this team. And that's where a lot of times you end up adding guys to teams and, you know, you just have to you know work with guys that are going to fit into the scheme with guys that can help them out. And so that's why I think if he was added to a bunch of guys that were volatile and maybe a little bit of concerns, then I think that there is a little bit of a liability there. But I don't feel that with this team. And I want to thank Dave, who's coming up at one o'clock, who's letting us know about what the T.C. Williams issues were. I wasn't actually read up on it, but I knew they changed the name. And it makes a lot of sense if you think about Virginia, Northern Virginia, the Confederacy and all that stuff. So thanks to Dave. And you will see Dave, gosh, what, in about 42 minutes, Dave. So I hope that you are preparing and you are not in your pajamas. And you will see them as part of political football coming up real shortly. So we got two more people to draft. And now a defense. Defense wins championships, as we both know. And again, there's not enough people out there to draft an entire defense, but I want to draft one defensive player that is going to be the field general out there that is going to keep our troops from getting scored upon. So coach, please let me know, what is the defensive player you are looking to take? So again, I feel like there's a lot of of ways you could go with this pick. I think that there's kind of a, in my mind at least, a very obvious number one here but I'm going to steer clear because I feel like the number one is a little too gimmicky, at least too much for the coaches team. And again, I told you, I'm looking for the right guys. I'm looking for that grit and that toughness, which is why I'm taking Stefan Georgievic from all the right moves, cornerback for the Ampite Bulldogs, who is ultimately you know, driven to leave his dying Pennsylvania steel town, which is right up the coach's alley. So give me Georgievic from the Ampite Bulldogs to anchor my defense. <laughs> Never seen that movie. I'll be honest with you. Maybe I need to add it to the queue. It's decent. I, it's not great. It's got good parts. Um, the coach is a jerk, and and really he butts heads with the coach the whole time. And his like his dad works at like I said the steel mill that's getting ready to close. He's trying to get out of there and go to like Cal Poly or something for college. He wants to be I think like an engineer, and um, you know he's kind of trapped in that weird thing of like if I don't get out of here, I'm going to get stuck being my father and. You know, he gets himself into a little trouble throughout the movie. And of course, there's a love story to go along with it as usual. Just without the terrible, I don't want your life. Exactly. All right. So defensive player, there's a lot of defensive guys to choose from. And as you pointed out, you want to get the right guy for the system. But you know what? I actually want to get the right girl for the system because I think that there are a lot of things that embody what my team is all about here. So to anchor my defense, linebacker, from the Little Giants, Becky, the Icebox O'Shea. Solid pick, solid pick. She crossed my mind for sure. And, um, you know, the number one pick I was talking about was uh, the water boy. Bob you know, O'Shea, right? I, uh, yes. As I was driving in the car a couple days ago, this is where my life is at, by the way, for anybody who's watching and wants to know what my wife goes through, we're driving back from somewhere. And I said, you know, babe, I'm trying to think about this draft. And, I think everybody's going to expect us to take Bobby Boucher and there's just silence on the other end of the car because why the hell does she care about that? But I agree with you. I felt like now 
I understand why people like that movie. I was never a huge fan. And now that I think your mileage on Adam Sandler probably varies there. But uh, for, it's in terms of my team, too volatile, way too volatile. And I just didn't think it was the right move here. And you got Becky the Icebox. I mean, the Icebox, what a great nickname. Absolutely. And I mean, really at a time before we we saw, you know, more and more we're seeing men and women becoming integrated in certain sports uh, together. And that was ahead of that time. And uh, she was a killer, man. Stone Cold killer. I totally, totally agree. What an underrated movie, too. Uh, it's definitely a 90s movie when you talk about the type of tropes that are in it. But I just, I don't know. I always liked it. Maybe it's a nostalgia thing. And is it a good movie in terms of like Oscar? No, of course not. But is it fun in terms of football? I mean, the annexation of Puerto Rico, John Matt, the all Madden team showing up on the bus. I mean, that's just great stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I consider taking Hot Hands Hanan as, as my receiver love with it. the stick'em, you know? Totally so. love it. Yeah, we need a good Absolutely. stick'em on the team. We got to cheat a little bit. I mean, you know, this is a team, eh, you know, you can bend the rules a little bit as far as I'm concerned. However, we have gotten to the end here. So you have your team. And in order for this team to succeed, you need a good coach. Now, I will admit, coach is probably one of the deepest in terms of rosters in all of these movies. There's a lot of people to choose from. And there's some cliched picks that maybe you could make. But I think that each of us is going to pick the guy that's going to be able to get the squad to where they need to go. Keep this team in line. And I would love if we could somehow simulate this in Madden or something like that. But we will see. So, Coach, please let me know who your coach is going to be for this fantasy team. Well, like you mentioned, that this is a deep pool. And uh, trying to find a guy that's going to be able to hold this team together that has experience in dealing with some of the issues that may arise with some of these players and has that innate ability to really pull the best out of his team. And that is why I'm choosing Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights TV show. He's got experience with Riggins. He knows how to handle that type of behavior and get the best out of those guys. And come on, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, can't beat that. I had a feeling that's where you were going to go. I mean, actually, a, a great coach figure. I actually liked him in the later seasons of the show when he was with East Dillon. Actually, my second pick for quarterback was Vince Howard, Michael B. Jordan's character, because I just love those seasons and just the grit of the team and everything they had to go through. It was a completely different direction than the first few seasons where you thought, how long are they going to play this out where he's at the big school and can't win the big game or whatever? And I loved it. So I do like that pick. Now, I will point out something because on the Pub Time podcast, which is Brad's other podcast that you should support, they did a MILF draft, I want to say it was, what, like six months ago? And I believe, at, at least, correct me if I'm wrong, Connie Britton was your gal. Connie Britton was on my list, man. Love me some Tammy Taylor, Connie Britton. Um, and she's getting up there in age, but she's aging like a fine wine. Yeah, so I'm not surprised that you're taking that coach so that you can get yourself in, you know, to some Tammy Taylor, maybe even sneak a little date there, get some Connie Britton action. I mean, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but... Uh, you know, maybe I'll at least get invited to the to the barbecue after the game. That would actually be fun. I mean, Texas barbecue, how can you go wrong with that? Depends on your flavor. If you like Kansas City, maybe some Memphis. But either way, barbecue is great. Okay, so coach, I need to pick one. And now that was actually not a guy that was on my list. Now, the guy that I'm looking at on my list, who's my first pick, maybe a little bit too on the nose. While great coach and a great human being or a great, well, poor, or a great what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, portrayal of a human being in in TV and movies, I feel like I need to go with my number two pick because I'm looking at these personalities and there's a lot of personalities to be had. And maybe, just maybe, 
I need a little bit of a player's coach who's who's got a lot of guys in his staff that are people, you know, per, people persons or whatever you want to call it. So for me, my coach, I am taking Hayden Fox from the show, coach played by Craig T. Nelson. Nice, nice pick, nice pick. I'm curious who your number one was. My other one I had on my list just for uh, reference was uh, Jack Lingle, the head coach uh, from We Are Marshall, portrayed by Matthew McConaughey. Had a very unique approach, uh, basically, I mean, literally resurrected the program from the ashes of the terrible plane crash that uh, killed basically everyone on the team and every coach. And uh, just his character, and I think it's part of it's the way that Matthew McConaughey plays it and his yeah. personality, but um, very engaging and interesting and, and one I would consider if Eric Taylor wasn't available. My number one was Herman Boone from Remember the Titans. And I say it's too on the nose because that movie was very heavy handed in what they were trying to accomplish, which is a great endeavor. And it's a feel good movie for me anyway. But when I look at the makeup of the team, I don't know. I, I needed something a little bit different. I need to zig where everybody else was zagging in terms of my team. So I went with Coach, which is a show that's been, God, long gone. And Craig T. Nelson is old now, but didn't he have like Jerry Van Dyke on his squad and, and stuff like that? So, I mean, I felt like he was a guy who was kind of a people, you know, people guy and was going to be able to get these people where they needed to go and maybe maybe be able to talk through some things. And with a leader like Shane Falco, I think there's a lot of potential there. So I like where we are headed here. This is fun. If you are listening or watching, please let us know who you would draft if you were looking at a fantasy player or a fantasy team from footballs and movies, there's a lot of people that we didn't choose. And this is just a fun little exercise. You know, it's the Super Bowl, man. You got to do a little bit of a draft. And the last time I was live on here was actually the draft back in April. So kind of tying it all together. And I thought that that was fun, but there's a lot of things that we could do. Maybe we'll do this again sometime. Maybe at the beginning of the football season, we'll relook at some of these movies and TV shows, but we would love to know. Follow us on Twitter at Iceman and Coach is the handle. And you can always find Matty Ice Media on Twitter at Matty Ice Media is the handle for that. So, Coach, we're here. It's the middle of the broadcast now. And we have the game. So before we get into some of our other shenanigans, which include the Icy Awards and some other things, let's talk a little bit about the game. So we got the Eagles and the Chiefs. Now, both of us wanted, yep, fly, Eagles, fly, fuck you. Now, most of us wanted the the Bengals to win because we love Joe Burrow. But at the end of the day, we're getting a very great matchup with these two quarterbacks, the future of the league, reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes against who could have been the MVP and Jalen Hurts. And there's just a lot of storylines here. And I've noticed that you have relocated yourself from Peoria, Illinois to somewhere else. And is that a little bit of a precursor to who you would like to win this football game? You know, I think we're going to have to wait until coaches pick it a week to find out exactly where I'm going. but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm here, as you see, sitting in front of the city of brotherly love, the home of Rocky Balboa, the home of some of that old fashioned, dare I say, grit. And <laughs> um, I, I like it. It's beautiful. Look at the, the green hues emitting from these uh, wonderful skyscrapers. And uh, Philadelphia, never been there, but I imagine it's a great city as long as you don't piss anybody off or you're not dressed like Santa Claus. <laughs> or a Giants fan. Actually, you could probably piss off somebody from Philly without actually having to go there. I think my telling uh, <laughs> Mike and Tabby to go fuck off for Fly Eagles Fly probably would do that, but I was saying that in jest. I really actually don't care. Now, my wife is a Cowboys fan, so she might embody that sentiment a little bit more than I would, but for me, I just want a good game. 
And I know that sometimes we get caught up in the narratives, but I'm actually very much looking forward to this game. And I alluded to the awards the other day and Patrick Mahomes being the MVP. And I thought, you know what? And I think we kind of agreed that when we get to the end of the season, you and I started this show together in October. We talked about college football, NFL, and everything. And now we're at the end of this season, and it's kind of amazing. And I think that it's great to commemorate the end of the season in our own way. And so I'm going to start us off here, an award show, the Icy Awards, which are embodying the things about the football season that I think embody our show. And so I would like to get into award season with you. It's Oscar season. And so here we go. All right, the Icy Awards given out by the Iceman and the coach. We have five awards to give out today. And the first one we're going to start off with, Coach, I'd love for you to start off here because I just feel like you always set the tone correctly. And that award is... This Icy Award is going to the NFL player that exemplified the biggest balls. Now, at one point in time, we considered this being an award that was going to be done by actual measurable data but unfortunately the person that was tasked with that responsibility quit so we had to go with the proverbial biggest balls and so while doing research for this there was one person i found that popped up time and time again with actual quotes that were referencing how large his balls were and how powerful of testicular fortitude he had and so that is why brock purdy third string quarterback from the San Francisco 49ers quotes out there from Kyle Shanahan. He's got some balls out there. George Kittle says he's got some cojones on him. Debo Samuel. Oh, he definitely has balls. Debo Samuel also says takes, it takes nuts to call a timeout without Kyle calling it. And most of all in the locker room, he was referred to as big cock Brock. So Brock Purdy biggest balls of the year <laughs> wins the IC award. By a mile. Congrats to Big Cock Brock on that one. I actually was not aware of that. So congrats Me to either. him on that. I, I know. I mean, what a God, what a nickname. I don't even know what I would do with a nickname like that. But boy, what a way to start that off. I mean, biggest balls of the year. You could have gone just about anybody who had grit and toughness, but you went Brock Purdy, who literally was called Big Cock Brock. I would have loved it if somehow we'd have been able to get those measurables as you talked about. But hey, we got to go with the information that we have. We Our intern just decided not to be with us anymore. So next award, the D.B. Cooper Award. And you might be asking, what is the D.B. Cooper Award? That is given to the player who stole the most money from their franchise this NFL season. There are a lot of players around the NFL who probably stole money from a franchise this year. Deshaun Watson, maybe. You know what? I can only think of one player in this scenario that actually played an entire season who stole the most money from their team. And I'm going to give you my pick by giving you his catchphrase. Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos. Yes. Icy recipient. Second one overall, but God, what a terrible season. Yeah, let's just hope the Broncos kept their receipts on that one for <laughs> sure. I mean, what a disappointing year. And 
I think a lot of stuff about him personally and, and how he handles himself in the locker room kind of started to trickle out and it's just kind of a bad look for Russ. Um, maybe Sean Payton can sort of resurrect, resurrect things for him a little bit. That's to be determined, but uh, that's a great pick. How could I not pick him? I mean, I, I, I went through some guys and I'm thinking, there's just no way. There's absolutely no way. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Sean Payton. That'll be next season and we'll get into that this summer. But in terms of, it's like a Razzie award, basically. Hey, he got paid a lot of money to dink and dunk and throw a lot of third down checkdowns, And that's not what they got him for. And let's hope that is not the start of the decline in his career. However, we are going to move on to the next pick. And I believe that is coach of the year. Yes, coach of the year. So this coach, after two seasons, has led his team to a 23-11 and 11 record. He's the second coach in this franchise's history to make the playoffs in each of his first two seasons. He has his team, uh, led his team to a franchise, re- franchise record 14 wins this year and also the number one seed in the NFC and a Super Bowl berth. We are not going to make the same mistake that the Associated Press did, and we are going to give Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles the Coach of the Year Award. I like it. I just want to point out that I was listening to political football the other day, and Cleve actually, hey, there you go, uh, Jeff Saturday, leader of men. But I will say this, Cleve did predict that Lovey Smith was going to win Coach of the Year. Talk about something that doesn't age well. Yeah, that that's not good. I tell you, Lovey, um, he he really just kind of hasn't been able to get a role in ever since he left Chicago. And um, you know, I, the Bears saved themselves though, because they could have turned into what the Bengals were with Marvin Lewis, where they, you know, Marvin Lewis somehow kept his job way longer than he should have in Cincinnati. And um, the Bears were kind of going down that road if they didn't make a change, because I, I think they were like five hundred as the last season or something. Yeah, they might have even made the freaking playoffs, uh, but. They knew they were going to, I think, get sucked into that trap of mediocrity. Uh, and most teams would take a 500 record in a playoff berth. Um, would they? But I think, I mean, I think uh, go ask the Browns fans. I'm sure they would take it in a heartbeat. Uh, go ask the Texans. I mean, but no, Lovey, uh, I think he's on on the back end here. I don't know if he's even going to, I mean, has anybody picked him up? Is anyone going to try to pick him up as like a D coordinator? Maybe he just doesn't want to live that life anymore. I don't know. I mean, definitely a bad Bad take by Cleve. Come on, Cleve. You're better than that. He had to have been on drugs. Dave will have to to let everybody know what the hell was going on with that. He had some other really awesome takes, didn't he, Dave, uh, starting this season off. But Lovey Smith for Coach of the Year, I, he had to have been on whatever Aaron Rodgers is on in his darkness retreat right now. So uh, I guess that's where that came from. Okay, so moving right along. Last one for me personally is play of the year. Now, this particular IC is going to go to the best play of the year. And I think it's very, very important that we all put the word best in quotation marks because it depends on how you define best. But when I look back on this season, I think to myself, what is the best play of the year? And I have to give the award to Jacoby Myers, Mac Jones, and the New England Patriots for their lateral at the end of the Raiders game. <laughs> that is that is wonderfully painful, wonderfully painful. Yeah, it is wonderfully painful and not even something that I lose sleep over because, I mean, it's just terrible, absolutely terrible. And how could I not give this award out? If we are talking about what embodies the show best, I mean, we're not the best at anything. So this particular best play cannot, yes, exactly. Mac, Mac Jones getting stiffed armed into the center of the earth. He may still actually be there, 
I'm not even sure. He might have found Narnia. Who knows? He is still there, sitting there in Las Vegas and may end up being resurrected as the quarterback of the Raiders this offseason. I have no idea, but no way I couldn't give it to my boys and the Patriots. So, Coach, that leaves us with one last icy to give, and it's going to be a show icy, and this one is actually going to be a serious one, and we want to give out the icy for player of the year. Now, player of the year, when you look at it, it depends. It's not, it's not most valuable player. We're talking about the player that is the best. And coach, if you want to give this one, because you were very adamant about who this should be, I agreed with you, but I want you to give this because I think that this player, both he surprised both of us. Yeah, sometimes I think people try to get too cute with this sort of stuff, but this is one of these where I don't think you can. I think if you give it to anyone other than the person that we're going to give it to, that you're basically just being a, a hater or just trying very, very hard to be different. And uh, there, there's one person who was very obviously the, the best player this season who quietly put up gaudy stats that people just sort of take for granted, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And we're going to see him in action here in a few hours today. And I, I, don't, I don't know that you could make a solid argument for anyone else over him. He's one of the most dynamic playmakers that we've ever seen. And the way he plays the quarterback position is, is almost, I don't know that it can be replicated by anyone else. It, a lot of it is just God-given talent. And the way he uses it is incredibly impressive. So that's why the Icy Award for Player of the Year is going to go to Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I can't disagree with you. I mean, Jalen Hurts had a season of seasons for sure, and there are other great players. But I think what makes Mahomes stand out to me is the fact that he threw for 5,200 yards and over 40 touchdowns. And we don't remember any of the plays that are flashy because we're so used to him throwing to Tyreek Hill, who, by the way, is going to come up in a little bit during our montage to end this hour. But it was just the kind of a season where I can't believe he threw for that many touchdowns and that many yards, and I just completely didn't realize it. And I knew he was having a good season, but those are amazing stats. And I thought he was worthy of the MVP. He's certainly worthy of this particular award. And he had a fantastic season. And can he put the bow on top of that season and win the Super Bowl? As you said, we will find out in a couple of hours, but we're moving towards the end, man. We got about 20 minutes left. We're going to bring in political football in about 15 minutes. And so one thing that Coach and I do every single week is we have a segment called OTW or Of the Week, and we're going to give it a little bit more of a flair this time. And that is going to start with the Iceman's Stat of the Week. I like to give out a Stat of the Week every so often, and honestly, how could I not for the Super Bowl? So I'm actually going to give you all two stats of the week this week. So for the Super Bowl, as I said, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. And he's got an uphill battle if he wants to win the Super Bowl because there is a streak out there that he is going to have to break in order to win the Super Bowl. And that is the last nine reigning MVPs who played in the Super Bowl all lost. So are they due? We'll see. I mean, I think that's... I think this is going to be a great game today, no matter what. And uh, to see two great players go out here and go at it. And, you know, you got the MVP and, and we'll see if he can get it done. Agreed. So the second thing that is going against them, the Chiefs are wearing white uniforms and a little bit of an analysis of all the previous 56 Super Bowls. 
Teams that wore white have won 36 Super Bowls. Teams in dark have won 20 Super Bowls. But only seven teams have worn white as the home team. And that was the uh, that was the Cowboys, the uh, Redskins in Super Bowl 17, the Cowboys in Super Bowl 27, Steelers in Super Bowl 40, and the Super Bowl 50 was the Broncos and the Patriots and the Buccaneers. So I think it'll be interesting to see because we flipped that script a little bit. I believe the Chiefs are the away team and they're wearing white. So we got two things happening here. We have the Chiefs on the side of wearing white uniforms as the away team, but they've won more in terms of white jerseys. And then you have Mahomes with his MVP streak. Which one of these is going to come to fruition? I don't know, but I thought it was fascinating and I love breaking down these things because they 100% have nothing to do with the game. But when you think about it, you're like, huh, how is that? Yeah, those are interesting things to think about. And you see it uh, all the time. Like when the Cowboys go on the road, the home team will choose to wear their dark uniform or excuse me, they'll choose to wear their white uniform to force the Cowboys to wear their dark ones because Jerry Jones, and the Cowboys like to wear the white jerseys all the time. They wear the whites at home. Uh, Joe Gibbs was that way when he was with uh, in Washington with the Redskins and to um, to think that that even matters is hilarious. And so that's why I love that teams do that to the Cowboys and, and try to force them into wearing, I, I, whether it's considered unlucky or they just don't like the way it looks or whatever. But yeah, if the color shirt you're wearing um, has any impact on your performance, then <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And that brings us to Coach's Pick of the Week, which started way, way, way back when we started this show. Now, last week, I tried to get the coach a little bit in trouble by reversing his Pick of the Week. However, he corrected me very rightly. I went back into the archives to make sure. And the coach, with his Illinois over Rutgers take for college basketball, finds himself at the precipice. Eight, eight, and two. 100% mediocre in terms of picking games and so coach we are here now it is the biggest game of the year the biggest pick of this particular season after this week we will reset the calendar you will go back to o and o however this week your picketh of the week will define whether you are a loser or a winner so coach please bless us on this live feed on super sunday with your picketh of the week Hear ye, hear ye, peasants and gambling degenerates. We're on a little bit of a heater here at Iceman and Coach with the pick of the week. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? The world of college basketball has been our wheelhouse, and we're going to go down that road again today. Actually, not at all. Who the hell doesn't pick the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday, right? Um, To go over 500 and finish things out this season as a winner, the Philadelphia Eagles are currently one and a half point favorites, or at least the last time I checked when we started this show. Maybe it's moved. We're going to call it one and a half right now. Minus one and a half. And I am going to take the Eagles of Philadelphia to cover the spread, the minus one and a half spread, and win the Super Bowl. And I guess keep the streak of white jerseys not playing out very well alive. The Philadelphia Eagles straight up and plus one and a half to cover, excuse me, minus one and a half to cover. So let it be written. So let it be done. That's what I get for playing the wrong sound. See, that's what I get for playing the wrong sound. Trying to do way too much out here. So your pick of the week. We will find out next week if you are a winner or a loser. 
And speaking of losers, there's us. And we are the host of this show, Iceman and Coach. And while we do have a ton of fun doing this at the end of the day, we are not necessarily the best at doing this. And Eagles to cover is a good pick from Dave. Now, I should let everybody know that Dave was once a semi-professional gambler. I believe he was a poker player. He is big into the gambling market, and you might hear a little bit about that next hour. So if he says it's a good pick, maybe it is a good pick, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you to put your money on it. Let him tell you that next hour. So back to us. Well, dude, we have had a great time. And since October, I feel like you and I have had so much fun doing this, and we have learned a lot. I feel like our show has has increased exponentially since we started. But at the end of the day, we are not perfect. And I feel like we need to highlight all of the things that we have done this year that maybe haven't always been the best. And so I took the liberty of going back into all of our episodes from our very first time together, which was August 24th of 2022. You and I realigned the NCAA. And I went back and listened to all of our episodes. Not that I haven't already, but in a way that is going to put together a montage of some of our greatest uh, statements that we have ever made on this show. And I've put them together in what is now a nine-minute montage. Somehow, we have nine minutes of highlights that are all bad. I'll be honest with you, but you know what? Low lights. (laughs) Yes, that's a good point. The low lights of this show, and while we are learning a lot and having a lot of fun, sometimes you have to take a moment to go back And I guess make fun of yourself a little bit. So I have put this together for you and for the people that are watching. I want to welcome everybody who has shown up since the start of this. A big thank you to you. You get to listen to what we are calling the cacophony of Gasbaggery. But he just talks about like the backside of college sports, like what 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 college football, what's really going on behind the scenes, this and that. And he was on Urban Meyer's staff, like even back in the Florida days. And he talks about he's like, we knew Alabama was cheating. We knew the Nick Saban was cheating. Like we we had proof. He's like, we had proof that they gave Julio Jones an Escalade. Get the fuck out of here with that, Nick. Like just yeah, come such on, such bullshit. Come on, you know, like yeah, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. What I would rather you tell me is that most of my kids major in football. And and one thing, though, I find interesting is neither one of these teams really has any star power nope. at the skill positions at except, all. Except for Tyree Kill. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe, right? I mean, is that like maybe a little washed up? I think Kirk Cousins gets a bad rap. He does. I think I think he is better than advertised and when put in the right system. He could be dangerous. All of a so sudden dangerous. now you have Kansas State in the AP at 25. Kansas receiving votes right behind them. Where the fuck are we? He deserved, Adam Gase deserved to be fired. Like someone should have walked down in the middle of the game just to the sideline and just taken his headset and said, "Uh, go have a seat somewhere, buddy. You're done. He was terrible. Now we all know Herm Edwards because you play to win the game. If you bought Tony Dungy on Wish, it's Herm (laughs) Edwards. The Colts, I'm a Colts fan. The Colts have been dog shit so far. So, hey, I'm all about the Jags. Texans don't have enough offense to get it done in that in that division, and the Titans are kind of a hot mess right now. Carson Wentz doesn't actually know when anything is a bad idea, and he just does stuff, and it never works out. And I think that that's the difference between the two of them. And I think it is funny to think about Brett Favre today because everybody loved how much of a gunslinger he was, and <laughs> gunslinger does not work today. 
So let's see, you have the Cardinals who are actually good enough to win their own division. The Phillies who barely squeak Almost by with a like consolation Patrick prize as the third wild card spot. They don't swing the bat very well. They don't have a lot like, of good contact. They don't move the ball around. So I think that St. Louis is really going to show them what's up. Yeah. The gap, I don't think, is that large. This is a good I one, get that, you know, Dak Prescott is the, the shiny, expensive thing. But if you look at production on the field, and granted, we're only going through a few games, but if you look at production, uh, the, the gap is not great. And uh, you may have a quarterback controversy at the end of this year. We'll see how the rest <laughs> of the season goes, but I think it's possible. Still and possible. they went to Foxborough with their highest scoring offense in the league and put up zero points against a third string quarterback in New England and left the building one and four, having lost 29 to nothing to the New England Patriots, who are nothing special. Man Campbell is on his way to being fired. <laughs> Bill Belichick has made a move like this before. And honestly, if the Patriots keep winning, I just think Bailey Zappi is going to be the guy. <laughs> Something that you don't need to see a video of that's just completely stupid is Clemson's fans storming the field after beating Syracuse this week. They had a comeback victory over Syracuse. Apparently, it's some tradition for Clemson fans to storm the field after certain victories. I don't really understand this. He's so polarizing that I don't think he's just the type like Frank Reich's the opposite. Frank Reich seems the type of guy that he's very likable and you could plug and play sort of deal anywhere. I, I don't know that Jimbo's got a lot of friends. You know, what if the Phillies or the Yankees decide to retread Joe Girardi after uh, getting the Phillies to the World Series? They decide to throw a bunch of money at him and bring him back in. If only the Phillies hadn't fired him earlier on in the season, (laughs) that might be a great, great idea for the Yankees. He's available now. I look forward to the Thursday night games. It's just fantastic. Do you actually look forward to the Thursday night games? I honestly feel like the matchups that they give us are mostly dog shit. I would love to see him be successful in Cleveland. I'd love to see Cleveland be successful. They just can't get out of their own friggin' way. I don't think the Eagles are bad, but I don't think that they are what people thought they were, per se. I am not completely sold on Jalen Hurts. They aren't the team that they used to be. And traveling to the Superdome or whatever it's called now, the Caesars Bowl, whatever. When can we put to bed the debate of if Kirk Cousins is for real? fans talk about i can't believe he left for the money and i was like let me just be clear that if somebody hands you that contract you could not sign on the dotted line faster i really think jake herbert's a stud is that your pick of the week because you had jake herbert as their quarterback so i'm not sure how much we should be trusting justin herbert sorry my bad good call For everybody who is putting money on brad's picks jake herbert is not going to win you anything so please be careful whenever you do that no, but uh, the one thing that has to piss you oh. off royally is seeing Brian Kelly at number 10 in these rankings. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I, I think he's kind of a doucher as a person, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, you can't deny his ability to coach. You know, those two teams control their own destinies, TCU and USC, at this point. But a loss by either one of them opens up all sorts of crazy scenarios that could be possible. I always love it when you do this. USC already has a loss, so they cannot be an undefeated USC <laughs> team headed into the playoffs. Damn it. You know what? I thought they did, but then I oh, I knew it, man. I thought that they did, and then I swear that I heard someone else talking about it, referring to them as undefeated. And I'm like, well, shit, maybe they're undefeated. I'm going to say this right now. I know the Texans are out there, and I know there's other bad teams. I personally believe the Raiders are the worst team in the NFL because the expectations were high. They have a lot of talent, and it's it's been terrible, like just so terrible. And this has got to be one of the worst losses they've ever had. 
I, I feel like Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback to play in daylight ever. Like he can't play if it turns dark. <laughs> so he's Blade. He's the daywalker. <laughs> I feel like Zach Wilson is getting close to the point that we know what we need to know about him and it's time to move on. I do think that there will come a time when the right job, the right place opens up. I, I think he would leave, but he's not going to jump at any opportunity. He sure as hell, I don't think he's going to go to Colorado by any means. <laughs> For God. me personally, again, this might be some old man get off uh, my lawn shit, but I have seen enough of Zach Wilson. I don't want him anywhere near the team because that's kind of attitude. Like he got benched the other day and instead of going and being next to the coach, looking at film, Hey, what have I done wrong? He goes and he slouches and sits there like some emo teenager. <laughs> I, I definitely, I'd like to see Dallas make a run. Gosh, I mean, I, I can't really say this. I feel like they deserve it a little bit. Their fans deserve it a little bit. Joe Burrow and the boys without Lamar Chase have actually been <laughs> continuing to win football games. I like the Bengals here because of that home field advantage. Yeah, I think that uh, Joe sheisty has got it going there. Him and his receiver, Jamar Chase. <laughs> and just a terrible, terrible, terrible faux pas on my part. I'm glad that you are here to correct me. Usually it's me doing that for you with Joe Girardi and Jake Herbert. And Lamar Chase is one of the best players in the NFL. Man, I'm sorry, Mr. Chase. I hope that you are not listening. They have had some success I, we're safe I, on I don't know if I see Sean Payton I don't want to say slumming it up with the Chargers but it seems a little beneath him run a few <laughs> passing concepts and that's it there's no game planning to avoid Daryl Rivas or Darrell Rivas my goodness Darryl, or his brother Daryl either Jesus. one <laughs> we're back to uh, Jake Herbert Justin Herbert <laughs> so Lamar Chase and Lamar Chase I mean just all the great man the Rutgers Scarlet Knights somehow ranked in the top 25 in anything over the University of Illinois fighting Illini coach. So let it be written. Don't do me dirty like that. Don't do me dirty like that. <laughs> Illinois over Rutgers. Come on now. Illinois over Rutgers. Yeah. You trying to make the record worse? So let it be done. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, let's give ourselves a round of applause for that. My goodness. That was well done. Thank you. Well done, sir. Thank you. I can't imagine how long it took you to, to put all that together. Uh, uh, that's it, incredible. It was worth it for the Colorado take. I will. I, I'd forgotten it's, about that. There's no way oh, he's going to Colorado. Oh, no, not a chance. Not a chance. It's, <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not the slightest bit like it's not even embarrassing. It's just funny. It's just downright funny, man. Like that's, that's why we do this to have fun. And that stuff <sighs> makes it more fun and more interesting. You know, you know, you're not coming here for some stiff, statistical analysis and breakdown you're coming here to hear dumb shit like that and <laughs> we've got it we've got nine minutes of it right there um oh. we've got it by the truckload here at Iceman and coach <laughs> i mean i was just listening to it i thought man we both sounded terrible like we both just had just awful takes my bailey zappy take gonna be the starter at the end of the year oh god well i mean that was a good time so we're gonna bring in the host or one of the hosts of political football. We're going to bring in Dave. How you Yo, doing, buddy? What's up, what's up guys? How you doing? Co Coach Prime to Colorado. Anybody? No way. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm walking around uh, the uh, the apartment here getting ready uh, to come on. Oh. And I heard that this is not going to Colorado. <laughs> I busted out laughing. I scared a cat. Like, that was that was really something. Uh, I sincerely thought. I mean, I believed it, man, a hundred percent. I didn't think there was a chance in hell he'd go to Colorado at all. I didn't think it was flashy enough for him. I was surprised. <laughs> I mean, that says a lot about Colorado and how far they've fallen. But I kind of, I kind of agree with you, to be honest. 
it was a solid take at the time. Just because it didn't age well doesn't mean it wasn't a solid take. It's like process over result, Dave. Like the process was correct. We didn't think he would go there. We had him at Auburn. Well, maybe he thinks that they were just so bad that they let him do whatever he wanted. You know, they were so desperate just to get back to relevancy that he'd basically have a clean slate to make whatever moves he wanted to make and any decisions. He wasn't going to be like painted into a box at all like he would have been at an Auburn or somewhere like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's like an actual take on that. They, um, <laughs> he, him going to Colorado, all he has to do is make a bowl two years in a row and then he actually could go to Auburn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's all he needs to do to, to get there. Oh, man, but we had, I had a good time putting that together. I, there was so much stuff that I could have put in there. It could have been like an hour-long montage of stupid shit, but uh, either way, we did that. So, uh, Dave, you want to bring in one of your co-hosts? I see they're all trickling in as we get toward that 1 o'clock hour. Yeah, here they come. So there here he comes is. Our, Scott Bischoff comes. of Political Football. What's up, buddy? Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. <laughs> did uh, <laughs> Did you happen to tune in earlier and hear some of our great takes from the last few months of the show? Uh, Coach up there had a take that uh, Deion Sanders would not go to Colorado. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy of a take. I am. I'm going to blank out the next hour because I'm sure I said some shit that was just horrific. Oh, uh, we're going over it. I know. Yeah. And we all uh, we all say dumb stuff. It happens. Yeah, like uh, me saying Bailey Zappi would be the starter in New England, and uh, Jake Herbert has time. the goods. What's, there, there is still time. I, I'm playing the long game on that one. I'm not saying that I'm wrong on that one at all. Although it didn't. It was like the next week after that episode. That was a monologue episode, by the way. Coach was not a part of that. He has no mm-hmm. culpability to that particular take. However, we had a good time. So, fellas. We're happy to have you on here. We have a pretty decent audience of four, which is four more than we had at the start of this. But either way, we've had a lot of fun. So you guys have a couple minutes before you start. I assume Cleve is in the bathroom or somewhere he's going to be doing the show from. Yeah, the auto the auto repair shop at the gym. He's done that before. At, at work on the Super Bowl Sunday for some reason. Who knows? But he'll be, he'll be around here at some point. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So why don't you let everybody know what you guys have coming up and then Coach and I will duck out and let you all have the hour, and I will be back at the end of your hour. Coach might be here, too. Who knows? All right, man. Sounds good. So, yeah, so coming up on the show, uh, political football, we're going to review. We're going to preview the Super Bowl a little bit, not like the same way ESPN does it. We're going to talk about a couple interesting notes around the game, give our opinions on what's going to happen. But We are also, similar to your montage, before the season, we did an episode predicting the end-of-the-year awards and stats leaders and we recorded it. So we're going to review that and see what things we said. And all of us said something incredibly silly and all of something incredibly sharp. So we're going to go over that. And uh, Scott and Cleve don't have much idea what they said. So this is going to be a good time. That's always the, <laughs> it's always the way that it should work. I mean, coach can attest. Wow. I forgot about half of the shit we said during the show. So the montage, putting it together was great, but then listening back to it was even better. So uh, we wish you guys well. And have a great time, fellas. And for everybody watching, I'll be back in an hour. Peace. Thanks, See guys. See you then.